another episode of The Healing Podcast, brought to you by Marin Health Medical Center, formerly Marin General Hospital. Here's Bill Klaproth. So what is an advanced healthcare directive and why is it important? Here to talk with us about that is Sarah Chow, a nurse practitioner and specialist in palliative care at Marin General Hospital. Sarah, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. So what is an advanced healthcare directive? So an advanced healthcare directive, it's another legal document that provides guidance in any amount of detail that you'd like about what types of treatment you may want to receive in case of a future unknown medical emergency. And it pretty much states who can speak for you to make medical treatment decisions when you cannot speak for yourself. So you would assign a surrogate or a proxy or healthcare agent, usually one to three people. And that's probably the most important thing that you can do on this document, naming your healthcare agent. And um, it really answers the who or what or when in regards to your healthcare decisions when you become unable to make decisions for yourself. So why is this uh, important to have? Well, I'll tell you, there was a big study done of about 3,500 Medicare patients over the age of 65. They're randomly selected and they're surveyed in Spanish and English. And they were asked about end-of-life treatment and care preferences. About 86% prefer to spend their last days at home. 84% did not want potentially life-prolonging medications that made them feel worse, and 87% would not want to be put on a ventilator to gain just one more week of life. But the reality is 67% of these people died in institutions, and only a third died at home. And less than half of these folks who died in institutions reported excellent care, or their family members reported excellent care. Greater than 75% of hospice patients reported excellent care at the end of life. So what we do to people at the end of life has little to do with their preferences, but more with maybe just our reflex use of resources in the hospital and definitely a lack of communication with individuals and their surrogate decision makers. So that's why it's really important to be able to document who you'd like to make decisions for you, what they are, before you get critically ill. So this advanced healthcare directive, it kind of sounds like a power of attorney. How is it different? Well, the two most common types are the living will and the durable power of attorney for healthcare. So the durable power of attorney for healthcare can really designate who you'd like to be your agent. The living will comes into effect when the person becomes unable to make decisions. What the advanced healthcare directive does, and oftentimes different institutions have different forms, but it really encompasses one, who is going to make decisions for you? And two, what are those decisions and when can they be um, taken place? And it really has to be witnessed by two people or notarized to become legal. So speaking of this, as far as the difference between that and the power of attorney, what is the difference between an advanced health care directive and a portable medical order form, uh, which is also known as a POLST form? The POLST form, it stands for Physician Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment, and other states can call it MOLST for Medical Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment. But in California, a POLST is a medical order, and there's one form for the entire state. It's usually bright pink, and it's a specific order for the treatment you would want considering your current state or condition. So the Advanced Care Directive <clears throat> talks about a future unknown emergency situation and what you would want. Well, the poll says, gosh, well, what do I want given my current condition or illness? And it's really important for um, individuals with serious illness 
who are medically frail with chronic progressive illness. And it really complements the advanced directive. It does not replace it. But unlike the advanced directive, it's a medical order. So it has to be signed by a physician, a nurse practitioner, or a physician assistant. And it's portable in that it can go with you wherever you go. So say that I filled out the post in my physician's office and I end up in the hospital. Well, that post will follow me to the hospital and become part of my medical record there so that the staff at the hospital would honor my wishes as indicated on the pulse. And because it's bright pink and it's one piece of paper, normally we tell folks to put it on the refrigerator door at their head of the bed so that in an emergency situation, the ambulance drivers can come and know what your wishes are so they can provide medical treatment that honors your decision. Okay, so the POLST form complements the Advanced Healthcare Directive. That's good to know. So at what point in our lives should we start thinking about an Advanced Healthcare Directive, and are there different options within it? So the Advanced Directive is appropriate for all adults. So all adults should have an Advanced Directive. I have one. A lot of folks who have a, a living will, living trust, will often, often include that. A pulse is more appropriate for those who have a serious illness or maybe in their last um, few years of life who are medically frail. And the great thing about the pulse is that it can change as, as the advanced directive, but we often tell people to review their advanced directive and their pulse with life changes. So if there's a divorce, if there's a death in your family, if something happens to one of your surrogate decision makers, then that could warrant a change in your advanced directive. Also, if you're uh, if you get diagnosed with a serious illness, that could also change decisions that you've made on your post five years ago. Okay, got it. So, at what point does an advanced healthcare directive kick in? Once it is notarized or witnessed by two individuals. Um, those decisions kick in right then and there. Now, you can determine when your healthcare agent can start making decisions for you. There are some choices. Most people choose if I become incapable of making decisions or if my doctor feels that I'm not able to make decisions on my own, this is when my healthcare agent will make decisions for me. Or some people say their ability to make decisions takes effect immediately. So there are some choices and you can specify to any amount of detail when your healthcare agent or your surrogate can start making decisions for you. And Sarah, how does someone go about getting and completing an advanced healthcare directive? Well, there are forms available at your primary care provider's office. There should be forms available in the hospitals, and some libraries also have that. Okay, well, that's good to know. And lastly, Sarah, how does the newly opened Supportive Care Center tie into this important document? So at the Supportive Care Center, we have a nurse and a social worker and a medical director, and we often make appointments for individuals who would like to talk about the advanced directive, and we can help facilitate going through the document and completing it. But in order for it to be legal, it does need to be witnessed by two individuals not related and not your healthcare provider, um, or it can be notarized. So we can help facilitate filling in the advanced directive and explaining the different questions, but it would have to be completed using two witnesses chosen by the individual. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time today and talking with us about the advanced healthcare directive. This has been very informative and I appreciate your time. 
You've been listening to The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health Medical Center, formerly Marin General Hospital. And for more information, go to mymarinhealth.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out our full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.